Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. It's a real treat on Nothing But Net to have the head coach at George Mason, Vanessa Blair Lewis. Coach, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Look, you and I have been around the game a long time, and you have been in a lot of different places with a lot of success. And here you sit in first place right now, the taping of this show in the A-10. Tell us a little bit about your journey for those that are not familiar about your 25-year career in the game. Yeah, um, well, I was uh, one of the youngest head coaches in the country when I was uh, asked to serve Mount St. Mary's University. I was just turning 24. So, um, you know, it definitely has been a long journey, one that I've just learned so, so much from the athletes that have been in my life, as well as them learning from us as well, the administrators. Um, playing at Mount St. Mary's and then being able to take over the helm a few years later when I was probably just a little bit older than the players I played with. Um, it was quite an introduction, I'll say that. Um, but I, I was able to learn a lot at a young age and um, just be able to be surrounded by a family, which which is what I call the Mount, my family. Uh, made a lot, made mistakes, you know, as a young person, was able to, to find my way through this industry. And, you know, I got a, really felt like I had a call in my life um, from God to to change and change directions. And I took a job at Bethune Cookman. A lot of people would say, oh, wait a minute, your trajectory, you should be going here. And why would you go there? And, you know, just the sometimes the look that they look at um, HBCUs with, and I just felt called. I felt called to be there, not just for me to give, but for me to receive. And it was a really great time in my career to learn um, just to, it was a great learning experience. Um, and then I got called to come back home and home for me is Maryland. So, you know, George Mason's in Fairfax and the DMV. And I just, I feel like I can't find richer talent in the DM, than in the DMV. And mostly both of my programs, even at Bethune-Cookman in Florida was loaded with DMV talent. So I knew that we could come home and be do something really special here with the talent and uh, the way the coaches serve these players in this area. Well, you've done a little bit of everything along your path. You've had success. You've coached some great players. You've coached some pros. You've coached some players that have gone on to be uh, incredible uh, citizens in their communities. Uh, when you look back at some of the things that you learned, because you said something that was really important, you learned to make mistakes early so that you could advance your career in a different way. But you have to learn through making mistakes. Isn't that sort of how we go about figuring out what the next thing is to do? Absolutely. You know, if it were, if you know, in an era now where a lot of administrators are, what have you done for me lately? You know, the mount was never that way to me. And at 24, you know, I stayed there until I was 34, probably. And, you know, I, you made a lot of mistakes, but they were always there. And, you know, I had the comfort of a great senior women's administrator, Lynn Phelan Robinson, who just retired. Her father was the head coach at the mount, who's on the ballot now to go into the Hall of Fame. Um, uh, but he was there 50 years. So, you know, I was able to stand beside a legend who I think one, after one of my toughest losses as a coach, we were in the championship game at for the NEC and we lost. And I came home and the next day in the office, Coach Phelan, you know, he said, hey, Blair, 
and he knew me as a player, right? And this coach, and I'm like, yeah, coach. And he said, you feeling bad, huh? I said, yeah. He said, take this. There's a billion people in China that woke up and don't know who the hell you are. So <laughs> get on with your, get on with your day. Keep. And he just put it in perspective for me. Like, you know, sometimes we take it all in and you just realize you're just a small percentage of what's going on in the world. And, and that really opened my eyes up that this game has to be bigger than basketball. Like it has to touch lives. It has to change lives and it has to be a ch an agent for change. And so I think that's really when I started to um, just stop becoming a basketball coach and really know that I was called to serve and that this was my ministry. Well, there's so many different directions that I could take this because I'm listening to you and I, I've known you and watched you for a long time. And I, and I know how deeply you care about the people that you coach. And today is your play for K pink game and you're, you're wearing your beautiful pink. And I'm sure that you've been able to share some stories of inspiration with your players about cancer survivors and those that have battled. Uh, what, what do you say with your players um, in a room together in the locker room? Because to me, I think the power of pink is a real thing in basketball because when you're playing as a servant to the game, serving the game to make the game easier for your teammates, it's much more fun to play and usually you have success. Yeah, well, you know what, Debbie, we can't overlook that just this year we lost two giants in the game, you know, two teammates from Tennessee, um, you know, Nikki and, and Tasha that were young women, vibrant women, you know, and so when you're in a room full of those women, I would say if it was 20 years ago, you know, this may ne never have touched certain people, but everybody in that room, when we gathered hands, we talked about what they pink means to us. Cancer has touched all of us. And there are some that are fighting. There are some that have lost the fight, but undoubtedly, you know, we have an opportunity to continue to help uh, just spread knowledge for young women um, that, that this is sometimes, this is the part that's bigger than the game of how we can support those that are in the fight, the real fight for their lives. Awareness, uh, serving the underserved, um, early detection, uh, mammograms, all those things are important things that we need to make sure everybody knows that they need to be on it. Um, there was a cancer survivor at the KEL halftime that was a 37 year cancer survivor. And she said when she was 38, somebody encouraged her to get a mammogram, not wait till you're 40 to get a baseline. And it ended up that she had a biopsy that was cancerous. And so she's a 37 year survivor because of that. Cause a friend said, you better do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what we're trying to do with uh, the power of pink. That's exactly the message we're trying to get out. Um, how about your family? You know, you a lot of people back in our day when we got started didn't have kids. Uh, a lot of people didn't have families. Um, you've been able to navigate your family and your career very successfully at a high level. How have you been able to find that balance and that rhythm? Uh, it definitely is a lot of faith uh, and help. Um, oh, yeah. So I have two kids. One just turned 10 last week and he let me know he's double digits. So there's a lot of things he can do now. I said, OK, all right. Um, take out the trash. Then let's start with that. Um, and I have a five year old that's going to turn six in, in a month. And so what you hear is I had both of those kids during my season, January, and March. Right. Two of the you know the conferences starting and then the conference tournament. And, and both of them were a tad bit little interruptions. But uh, my husband was the NBA referee, so the summer was our time, right? And um, 
his mom, my husband's mom, uh, Norma Lewis, is a 50-year retired pediatric nurse that came to live with us when I had my first one. So tell me there's not a God, right? I was like, okay, this is such a blessing. Because, you know, as a first-time mom, every single thing that happens, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's the end of the world. And she's like, baby, go to work. Go outside, get me some tree bark and some baby oil, and this baby's cold will be gone tomorrow. So, you know, she was just one of them old Southern pediatric nurses that she took care of it. And I was able to have that freedom to be able to continue working where in this field, as you know, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, the days... The days are long and, and they get longer. Um, and then I was, when I moved back home, uh, my mom and dad came to live with us. So we're a real tribe. You know, we have this system that they take care of each other. And my, my mother-in-law takes care of the kids, gets them to their events. Um, and I never let my schedule or my husband's schedule get in the way of, of them. You know, if they have a game, they go to their game. You know, it's not mommy's game or mommy's practice that ever interrupts. Um, but it really is, it is a, um, it's a tribe and it's a village and, my players have been some of my best uh, babysitters, not the ones that have high turnovers, though, so they don't get to watch my children. <laughs> that is fantastic. I love that. They might turn them over. <laughs> they might yeah. drop them. That's right. So I always look at the stat sheet, and I'm like, how many turnovers do you average? No, I'll try someone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, Vanessa, let me ask you this, because this is uh, we're taping this uh, prior to a game. And uh, it is not just like game day. I mean, we're literally like, hay is in the barn. You're dressed for the game. You're ready to go. Tell us a little bit about what it's like for, through a coach's lens when you know that you got like an hour before you tip and you've done everything. There's no more you can do to prepare your kids. What do you spend your time doing? Because I know there's a lot of coaches out there that hate this time of day when you're just waiting in the locker room or in your office. Yeah, well, well, that's typically not my day. I came from home. The, the boys get out of school at 3.30. We do homework till 4.30. Um, I get them off to their AAU, make sure dinner's cooked, get dressed, get in the car, do this wonderful interview with you. And when we're done, coaches come in and we go into, into practice. Like, uh, there's very there's there's very little time that I'm ever like, oh, I don't have anything to do. No, no, it's always something to do. So, uh, especially like you just said, when you have a family, like I have to make sure like both parts of this gets equally served, um, you know, being a mom, a wife, a coach, you know, and, and as a coach, you're a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a, a, you know, you're all of those things as well. So it's never really a dull moment in the in the Lewis household. Um, but I have an amazing staff and you know, talk about a village, you know, we've been together a really long time. We finished each other's sentences. We've we've been together from the Bethune days to here. So there are times when I have to go recruiting and my kids go with my assistant coach till I get back. Um, so, you know, this, this train just keeps, keeps rolling. And the time before the game, I'm literally taking off one hat and putting on a next and jumping right into it. Well, I, I love it. And uh, I love your village that you've created with uh, your staff and with your family. And you know what? You can do it. You just have to figure it out. That's what we used to say all the time. My husband and I, three kids, same thing. I mean, I'm not a head coach, but I travel as much as one. And, uh, you know, no home games. I have no home games. So, yeah. when you, get, you know, it was it was challenging, but we figured it out. We always figured it out because it was worth figuring it out. Yes. Uh, you're having a heck of a run. What has been different and unique about this year's team? Um, I was just telling a reporter the other day that, you know, coaching for over 20 years, I've had some great teams. I've had some great talented teams. But this team right here is really special because this is probably the most unselfish team I've had. 
we adopted in 2014 the word Ubuntu, and it means I am, therefore we are. And you see it on a lot of the back of a lot of teams' jerseys. And if you watch Netflix, the playbook, Doc Rivers speaks about how it was instrumental in, in the Boston Celtics winning that year and them adopting that word. And it's not just a word, but it's spirit that you live in, that, that I can't have more than you have, that we have we have what we have, we have it together. And if you don't have, I have. And so when I got to, to George Mason three years ago, you know, I wrote this word up and you know I'm taking over a team Debbie that hadn't won a game and I'm like you know this is where we're going to start we're going to start with Ubuntu and they're like what is this black woman talking about Ubuntu what's going on and I'm like yeah it's a South African word and it's a word that used that Nelson Mandela Desmond Tutu you know that that community came together to fight apartheid and it wasn't just a word like Nike just do it it was a spirit that when you had this word, it was a spirit that went through the community that, you know, we're going to rise together. We're going to lean in for each other and we're going to be there. Tough times, great times. Um, but but I can't be my best self unless you're your best self. So it's always about checking in on that other person, being there, leaning in. And so we started there. And so people say, oh, you just got these great talent. I said, no, nah, I just don't recruit great talent. I recruit chemistry. I recruit players that really say if they want a family, that this is what they want. And that's the cliche, the thing to say. You ask any recruit, I want to go somewhere where it's a family feel. And I look at some of their choices. I'm like, okay. Uh, but but when you really when you really mean it, right? When you really say it's a family feel, like I've turned down the better talent to get the better person. Because ultimately for our staff, that's what wins for us. We don't care who gets the credit. Um, you, you want those kind of kids that don't care if your NIL bag is bigger than ours. And, you know, Debbie, that's new for us, you know, paying kids before you got arrested if you did it. Now the bag's not under the table. It's on the table. You know, so it's a whole new environment, you know, and those aren't the kids that, you know, for me, that that work well for me. I, I want a kid that's so unselfish that, hey, if I have a bag, you have a bag. You know, if I get this, you get this. And so, you know, everybody gets the same thing on our team. And uh, this team is just so unselfish just in how they play like you wonder how oh you got two, two or three kids that can be 20 points every other night yeah because they don't care who scores as long as we win um and so this has been that team the team that has truly embraced the Ubuntu spirit has truly embraced each other and has too, truly does not care who gets the credit well anybody listening or watching this has got to be inspired because you hit on so many buzzwords there that that are exactly what team is all about and what team will be for the rest of your life. It's not going to be about points and assists, but the things that you're learning on the team as a part of the team is going to help you in any facet of life that you take on, whatever that's next as a parent or corporate work team, your team at home. There's there's so many things that come with this. I believe the game is played best when it's played like a servant's game, when you serve the game to make it easier for your teammates. Run hard, make that extra pass, close out, box out. Don't miss those assignments that are on the stat sheet. It's not that hard to do those things. You just don't get recognition for them all the time. Your coach will recognize you, but the newspaper might not. So yeah. I, I admire you for everything that you've done and the way you've gone about building it because what you've done has worked. It's been fun to learn about it, Vanessa. Thank you so much, Debbie. Thank you. It's grateful for your time on the podcast and we wish you well the rest of the season. Sitting in first place right now, George Mason, a tremendous build by head coach Vanessa Blair Lewis. Thank you.